0: Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast.
1: We hope you enjoy this sermon from guest speaker Dr. Jeremy Sin. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. I met Dr. Sin yesterday and uh, face to face we had conversed uh, over the phone and uh, had been looking forward. I got to hang out with him and a group of other uh, strategists from our North American Mission Board uh, who uh, we support through our Annie Armstrong offering and our cooperative program giving. You you support uh, that work and uh, help fund the ministry that he does all over the North American continent helping to plant churches. Uh, and encourage the movement of the gospel uh, for him, especially among internationals who are here, uh, whether it's permanently or for a short season. And he'll tell you a little bit more uh, about that. But uh, as I shared with him, as he uh, was made available to our church to bring the message today, that we were in a series that we started last Sunday called All In. And we looked at uh, from Luke chapter 9, verse 51, how Jesus, the Bible tells us, set his face. To go to Jerusalem, which really meant to go to the cross, to uh, experience the suffering and shame, uh, hang on that cross bearing the weight of the sins of the world and then being raised from the dead. And so um, I was sharing with him that we were, that was what we were doing. We talked last week that Jesus is all in for all people from all places. We talked about how, how, how Jesus is all in for prostitutes and popes, for historians and haters, all kinds of other folks. And, uh, and we specifically focused on Jesus being all in for people who battled with hate. Struggled with that issue last week and we saw the gospel being applied to that uh, from the teachings of our Lord and Savior. This morning, Dr. Sin is going to continue in our series, but he's going to help us think about the gospel being good news and how Jesus is all in for outsiders, those of kind of outside of our frame of reference who we may think is maybe not acceptable. And so he's going to, to step into that just so you know a little bit more um, about, about him. and I'm not going to call him Dr. Sin anymore. I'm just going to refer to him as Jeremy, uh, and uh, so you can too. Um, and I also need to let you know something. Uh, he and his wa- Josephine, his wife is here with him, and we're grateful for that, but they're going to have to leave rather quickly after our service to get down to a, another meeting downtown. and I'm going to be hot on your heels because I've got to go to the same meeting. Um, so uh, they're going to graciously kind of slip out uh, right after uh, he brings the message today. And uh, so be praying for, for them continually, if you will, in the work they're doing. Uh, Jeremy uh, is uh, originally born in Hong Kong, uh, where he was raised there, uh, came to saving knowledge of Jesus uh, there, was called into ministry while there. Um, he was educated in many ways there. he's educated. Uh, he uh, got his uh, graduate degree at Hong Kong Baptist University, where he majored in English, uh, speaks it better than than I do um, quite frankly and uh, he went on and received a Master of Divinity degree from Hong Kong Baptist Theological Seminary and then his Doctor of Ministry degree from Golden Gate uh, Baptist Theological Seminary out in California uh, he was ordained uh, by Macau Baptist Church and that was the first church he served in uh, after graduating uh, from seminary uh, he's pastored in both California and Georgia uh, and has helped plant churches there and in other places in a. Uh, our nation. Um, He speaks three different languages. Uh, English, uh, Mandarin, and Cantonese. Uh, He he and his wife, Josephine, have four kids. Uh, One of them right now is on a short-term mission trip in uh, in Singapore. And he may tell you a little bit more uh, about that. But I would like for you to do this. As you were pulling out your message notes, I would like for you to welcome... Dr. Jeremy to our stage today with a good hearty River Bluff welcome. Jeremy, come on in. Open God's Word for us, brother. Thank you.
0: It's such a joy to come to Townston, and it's such a joy to come to uh, River Bluffs Church. And um, when I left uh, Atlanta on Friday morning, that morning, uh, uh, literally, we were freezing. It was a twenty seven degree g and and of course, the daylight saving time was just around the corner, but isn't it? I'm glad that I am in Townsend and in Love Church and seeing your pastor in short sleeves. And it surely feel warm and glad to be here. And I'm glad to be here, it's not only because that, but also because uh, your church is a great supporter for missions. Uh, in the previous uh, uh, service, Lady uh, uh, greeted me and shared with me that uh, she has a nephew who's a church planter in Boston. And uh, if you have been up there, you're surely glad you're in the south. Because it's much warmer here than up there. Well, I'm glad that uh, to be at a church, does your church have a church sign out there? And and you don't put the speaker's name there, right? Okay. Yes, uh, at one time I was in a church and they did put the speaker's name out there. I just wonder when people drove by, if they wonder if the church is going to have a sci-fi movie or a James Bond movie. (laughs) (laughs) And and sometimes people ask, hey, uh, why do you have this at your last name? I said, Lamb the British. I was born in Hong Kong, and of course, my Chinese name is Sin, You know, I don't know how that would make to you, but imagine they were Xian. Well, it didn't make anything sense to you either. But anyway, so when I was born, you have to put your name in English in the birth certificate. That's what the British did. So blame the British. Okay, hey, that's I can identify with some of the American history, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> but. Uh, I share with uh, other people actually as a minister there's something is very good because it's an immediate evangelical conversation starter the best one I ever had was I was in a laundry shop and I have some dirty clothes to be washed to be taken care of and I was at the shop and uh, the gentleman uh, you know would like to take my name and said, what's the name said, my name is Jeremy okay he can, he can spell it, you know. And then, uh, he said, sir, you your last name. I said, sin, how to spell it? I said, S-I-N. And then he looked at me. Gee, you do have a problem with sin. I said, yes, we all do, right? And hey, uh, you're in the laundry business. Can you tell me what's the detergents for sin? Duh. Very quiet. And then I said, hey, have you ever heard of the blood of Jesus Christ? Well, that's the, how the story goes. And I think it's a great, uh, uh, it just reminds us we all need the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But again, I'm so glad to be here that, uh, that thank you for your support for the corporate program and also for support for any Armstrong Easter offering that will help to put church planters at different places. I've been working with the North Rock Commission Board for uh, almost 14 years. And it was my privilege uh, to see many new churches start uh, across uh, U.S. and Canada. Uh, there are so many places that um, there were no um, um, uh, uh, Southern Baptist churches among different people groups um, uh, one state I've been praying for quite some time and that was the state of Oregon and the state of Oregon was just north of California and in California is a place you have uh, all that many different people groups. I know at least we have a million Chinese living in, in California, half a million in Southern California, half a million in the Bay Area, but uh, we have good number of Chinese churches in, uh, in California, but the state in Oregon, there was still a huge number of Chinese, particular uh, with the city Portland because that was a seaport and very long time ago there were ocean going vessels coming from Portland uh, into Portland from China and some uh, chose to stay there and call that place home but however for whatever reasons there was not one single Chinese Southern Baptist Church and I pray about that and uh, uh, by God's grace we have a new church start we we find a, 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 a dear brother And uh, he got his PhD degree from Tsinghua University. It's almost like Chinese MIT. But he got saved when he was pursuing uh, his PhD degree. And then uh, uh, he got a job after he got his degree working in Germany for two years. And then the company sent him back uh, to, to China to serve as a regional director, working for 10 years. He felt God called him to the ministry and the Lord led him to a seminary uh, in Portland, Oregon and then we met and we shared with him hey uh, we will pray that this is a place that needs a church and they chose to stay here and that we have a very strong and healthy church that is growing and this couldn't be happen uh, without your support in prayer and your contribution in in, in financial contributions and also we have seen places there were no Japanese churches and we have seen these churches that have been growing and they keep on multiplying Um, when I began my, my ministry and I met a, a Japanese pastor. He came to uh, St. Louis to study and he felt God called him to, uh, to stay, stay in Japan uh, to witness uh, to the Japanese people. Uh, in Japan, there was uh, less than 1% of the population uh, that are Christians can you imagine that less than one percent but he felt god called him uh, to start a church there where they have a lot of japanese students coming actually these uh, japanese medical doctor who come to uh uh uh, the washington university to pursue this study he was there and to share christ with them by the forming a baseball team well and, and that church does not only working in, in St. Louis, but he helped to start a church in the Orlando, Florida. Uh, he traveled there once a month, trying to gather a group of people who'd be interested to know the gospel. And then when the group was formed it's a call group, and then they find another pastor to take over. And after that was done, it was not done with his mission work. Someone in his church moved to Detroit so I was in Detroit uh, visiting with him uh, in families and of course Detroit that's where uh, we have uh, uh, the, the bakery, and this bakery has also working relations with Toyota, Nissan, Mitsubishi what names, Japanese names you can make and they have engineers coming from there so they're praying to start also a church in Detroit and we are glad to see that happen but As we are celebrating, as we are uh, thinking about this mission in different places, but also we are thinking of mission right here in Charleston, right here in South Carolina. How can I share Christ with other people that they may not uh, understand uh, the Christian faith? I was glad that uh, I uh, can become a believer even while I was in Hong Kong and of course this is because of your support of uh, mission years ago and I I, st- I started in the uh, Hong Kong Baptist University with a help a lot of from the from the missionaries but before that I, I had the privilege to study in Christian, edu- uh, Christian kindergarten, even though my family were not Christians. When I grew up, when I was young, when I was growing up, the first thing I saw was my grandmom chanting the idols in the morning. But I studied in Christian uh, kindergarten, elementary school, and also Catholic high school, and eventually Baptist college. So I know the Bible stories. Okay, so in all these Bible stories I know about the, the, um, the story of creation, I know the story of, of Noah the Ark, I, I know the, of course the Christmas story, I know the Easter story. I think one of the best way to share with people who have no idea of this big you know, Christianity could be like sharing the stories many of people coming from other places and, and one way to help them is help them to understand the culture and of course a very important part of our cultures are these holidays and you have the Christmas holidays you have to buy gift friendsly and, and, and you have to prepare all the food and, and, uh, uh, and, and then of course it's also Easter you know a great way is share with them help to understand hey this is how we uh, celebrate you know, Christmas. This is how we celebrate Easter. And these are the story. really behind it, of course. You're not going to tell them the story of Rudolph the Reindeer. OK? And, and you're not going to tell them the story of the Easter bunny. But of course, we are telling them the story of Jesus Christ, who was the eternal Word, And he was become flesh and dwell among us. And that was the story that gives us the basics of our salvation. And of course the story of Easter, that Jesus, He, he was crucified and, and bore the burden of our sin, and He was buried and He was resurrected. And this is how we present the salvation plan. That's how we become a believer, uh, accepting Jesus our Savior and we are following Him. But also these stories, The Easter Christmas stories and and the Easter story is not just only the salvation, but also that is the biblical foundation of our mission work. And that's the biblical foundation of how we invite other people to come into the family of God. Just a moment ago, Pastor Joe asked us to think of and to pray about the people uh, we would like to be invited to come into church on what April Fool's Day. <laughs> well, I think for people who couldn't come, that could be will be fooled. Okay? And because that's the most important time that we remember that Jesus is was resurrected but that is also give us the biblical foundation and so there's some hints of whom we are going to invite and when I I listen to Pastor Joe's message on video, I really appreciate that, you know, all in when you're trying to people to come in and you have the people to come in, that's these people, they are not, they were not in, they were outside. And you have to bring people from the outside to come in and people to look in from the outside. Who are these people inside? And what are they doing in there? And do I have anything to do with these people here? Or uh, am I, really uh, de- uh deserve to, to come uh, i remember when i was young i walked by churches i said gee you know what these people inside do i need a ticket to go in <laughs> do i have to to buy a ticket or do I have to bring some but we have to remember that the good news is really also for outsider so often we try to form a little club you know really ex- exclusive club uh, you have to have um uh, uh, certain uh, status to get in there. Um, when I have friends, they, they talk with me about playing golf. I don't know if you have people who like to play golf here. You know, in, in Hong Kong, if you told people that I play golf in my weekend, people say, wow! Because land is so expensive in Hong Kong. And um, a condo, well, an apartment, whatever you call it, with like um, 200 square feet. Uh, that's like a, a big closet of yours, right? <laughs> and that could be like half a million U.S. dollar. And imagine that you have all the land for a golf uh, course. And so if you want to be a golf course club member, you have to be not a you have to be a millionaire. The, 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 the real 1% to real to play in there. But so people think, well, am I could be in there? Sometimes people look into that. But however, the Bible, the Gospel uh, is the good news for outsiders. And We do see that in the stories of Christmas, in the story of Easter, we see that good news for, for, for the outsiders. Have you ever felt you have been an outsider? Have you had that experience? Uh, I, I have uh, four children. I have three boys and a girl. The girl is now in Singapore. Um, I have two boys who uh, graduated from, uh, from Georgia Tech. Uh, and the good thing is, Georgia Tech is that uh, by God's grace, they really could find a job very easily after they graduate. And it's a good experience that, that uh, when you go to do some shopping with a kids and at the checkout, and I don't have to pull out my wallet. <laughs> hey, that, <laughs> that's that's a good feeling. <laughs> and. Uh, but after a few years, uh, they work and uh, they, they save up some money. They said, Daddy, we would like to go and see the world. I said, good. Where do you want to go? Yeah, surely we'll go to Hong Kong. That's great. You know, go and see your granddaddy and your grandma. Great. And, and all your cousins there and uncles. And they said, well, we want to also stop by in, uh, in Korea. Okay. I understand you have friends at, at college or church. Uh, they attend. Uh, they have many Korean friends. Okay but they said we want to go to Japan are you are you sure <laughs> and I don't think you speak Japanese okay are you going to join a two groups no oh, we have um, uh, well we have both Airbnb and uh, and we have the, the Google Translate we're, 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 we're okay <sighs> you know as parents you know the first time we would go out and and all by themselves they don't know language was kind of scared okay but Thanks God, they came back, both of them, in one piece. (laughs) And they shared with me an experience. You know, they did whatever things um, a tourist would do. You know, they they went to uh, try to, uh, after, you know, taking pictures during fly flight place, and try to eat something, okay? They went to a Japanese, of course, a local ramen shop where they they serve noodles, okay? Uh, Ramen is noodles with thick pork broth. Okay, you walk in there and and they uh, sit down uh, in uh, in a booth. But the booth is not the Chinese restaurant's booth, nor in Golden Corral in those restaurants. It was a booth like pretty much like a you know college study corners. You have a desk, you have like a partition, you know, one for one person only, one chair, and you are facing like a board. So they, they sat down. And then there was a window at that board that opened up, and then the server appeared in front of of of, of uh, my child, and uh, they think about okay, they may he may give us the menu, and they may be order you know, um, I don't know what they did. They maybe look at a picture and this point, and just wish that they would have some noodles and not just for the broth only. But as they try to communicate or get across whatever with the servers, the servers just give them a very blank look. And this, that's what they show me, they show me this. (laughs) Could you make out what, what that means? I didn't, I don't think they didn't leaner. And actually they found that actually, I don't know how they found that anyway, they have to get token from a vending machine and then, gave, and then gave the token to the server before they could order the meal gee, you know, if they really didn't figure that out, they would go hungry embarrassed frustrated and all the negative feelings in the world surely they feel like an outsiders. you know sometimes when we think of people who are outside of church and when they try to understand what Christianity is about, and they could feel like they're an outsider. But we did see that the good news is really for outsiders. Even as we look at the Christmas stories, you know, one of the stories look at is uh, uh, in in the Luke uh, chapter two, verse eight to eleven. Um, the angel appeared first uh, to shepherds out in a field. You like Christmas carol, okay? One of the Christmas candles is, uh, my favorite is the first Noel, okay? The first Noel, the angel, did say, watched the certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay keeping the sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. appears to the shepherd okay so first the the angels cried down the heart of the the shepherds uh they were uh the kingdom versions they were in of of, uh, of, of fear great fear who? the angel could announce that news to so many people but the angel and, and by god's will they chose to uh, to announce this good news to the shepherd who are these shepherds? This shepherds is definitely not the one percent, okay? And uh, 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 the, the, uh, the, 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 the Carol writer said the poor shepherds, okay? These people are not of uh, high income. And also for uh, the people of the Jewish people in those days, these were the people, they would not necessarily would like to invite them to their home for dinner. Imagine these people, they, 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 their responsibility uh, uh, was with the sheep, was with the cattle. They have to be outside, somewhere out in the hills where the pasture is, and they have to take care of them. And, and they could not observe all the different uh, festivals or holidays in Jerusalem. Where the good uh, Jewish person would do, and of course they, they would not be able to keep all the the washing rituals. Remember, and Jesus' disciples were accused by the Pharisees they they didn't wash their hands. Of, of course, I know some of you guys, man, you want to do the many thing, you want to do to be um, um, uh, outside, and you, you don't have to know one to say, hey, wash your hands before dinner, right? But however, these people, they they, they, they could not be in the the, uh, acceptable, civil uh, way, a religious way. But however, the angel proclaimed this good news to them. Even though they were like, considered not the religious person. There were people out there that it was hard for them to go to church. And uh, we have a couple of new church plans in, in New York, in New York City, and uh, they have several worship[s] uh, in a week. They have worship on Sunday, and they have worship on uh, Monday, and they have worship on Tuesdays. And definitely, the worship on Sunday is the worship have the lowest attendance. Guess why? Because most of these people, they work in restaurants. And um, many of them, they could not come to church on Sunday. Because after this, we all rush to restaurants to have our lunch, right? And it could be that for them is to have church is on Monday and Tuesday. Who could think of that we could have to minister to them? Uh, yesterday, I talked with a, a, a former um, uh, international mission board uh, uh, missionary who have been to China. I would be praying if I said "Think about to work with the uh, uh, restaurant workers." You know, most of the Chinese churches here in the States, we have people who are like middle class, who are professional. But we have the, the rational workers, they're pretty much the grassroots people. And, and they may come and, and the clothes maybe have the, you know, kitchen smell. And, and also they could not be at your church events on Sunday. But who, who are going to preach the good news, share the good news with them? And, and not only that, when, Um, The angel announced the good news to them. They said that uh, the Savior uh, uh, is born in the city of David. A king was born in the city of the king. You know, in in the uh, Gospel of Matthew, that we see that Jesus is the king. And they were invited to the first birthday party in a way. Now, good news for the outsider. They could be near Jerusalem. They could be like in a a walking, traveling distance from Jerusalem. But the outsider is not only they could be um, in the comfort zone of the churchy people. But these are people, they would be neglected. But also the good news is also for people from a distance. Again. The first Noel, the Christmas songs, the Christmas carol. The second stanza, they looked up and saw a star shining in the east beyond them afar. And to the earth it gave great light and so it continued both day and night. The third stanza, and by the light of that same star, three wise men came from the country afar to seek for a king, was the intent, and to follow the star wherever it went. Now, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. And verse 10, And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. These wise men, also known as the Magi, uh, many Bible scholars believe that they were magicians or maybe chemists. While I was in middle school, I saw uh, the chemist teacher was kind of like a magician. You know, when he makes all this chemical, boom! And uh, all smoke and all these flares. And, um, and they were astrologers. They, they look up the skies and they see the, the movement of the stars. And they are, uh, uh, they could be wise men, they are sages, and, and they may be like political rulers. They try to some, find some understanding of how this world moves along. And, and they would like to look for a new world order. In the day that when Jesus was born, there are all different kinds of issues. People are trying from, from here and there, and you have the Roman empires, and not everyone was happy with the Roman empires and also they were all kind of struggle what what religious faith and these wise men they're trying to find answers when they saw the star they would like to follow the stars to go to Jerusalem and find a newborn king and hopefully they can find answers for themselves they for also find the answer for all the problems in this world you know, isn't, isn't it nice that people today still like to come to America to study? Because they try to find answers for their lives. And to try to find answers for the problems in the, in the world, in their home countries. But who are going to tell them the stories that a king was born for them? Um, as I work... Uh, with uh, church planters and I listened to how they came to the Lord and I find quite a few of them and they came here to try to find answers. Um, many of them, they came here to pursue uh, high education. Uh, they came here not only for a master degree for, or doctor degree or maybe to come here to do postdoc. And I heard similar stories. They came here, they were invited to go to a church meeting. Even just at the moment, they listened to the music. And, and they were so overwhelmed by the message of love, by the message of, of forgiving, by the message of acceptance, by the message that there's one God who loves us. And many of them, they, they just broke down in tears. Or some may take even a bit longer, and because they are people of intelligence, they want to study. But the more they study the Bible, they say, this is the answer I've been looking in all of my lives. And they become believers. These are wise men of today. But however, when you look at these wise men, these wise men, they may look different from us. They they talk different from us, and they may even have a different worldview, and they may have a different religions. I have a chance to preach in a um, in in a new church uh, in one of a a Southern town in Mississippi. Okay, Uh, yeah, a Southern town in Mississippi, but uh, in in a uh, that church celebrated the third anniversary. And I was invited to preach there. at the end of the service, they welcome newcomers, okay? So we have this couple stood up, and the man introduced himself. Hey, um, uh, this is our first time to be in church. And uh, we came from China, and uh, my wife uh, is an exchange scholar to come to uh, the school nearby. And we are a Communist Party member. Communist Party member. That means known atheist. But we found them in church because they want to look for answer in their lives. Four months later, I was invited back to a church close by. It actually was a church plan that was helped start by that church that was celebrating the third anniversary. I had the privilege to baptize this couple. And two months later, They went back to China. These are the wise men today. And today we have all different students, scholars coming to the States. May the Lord help us to share Christ with them that they are not outsiders. They are really in God's family. And when they know this is the, the king they need to worship, and they offer their gifts. The gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. He's the king, he's the priest that lead us to God and lift up us and employ us the murk And he died for us. As we are about to, to observe Easter, to celebrate Easter, we will remember before Easter that was really an ugly story. That Jesus was crucified. It was an excruciating horrible death and the centurion was there good news for the outsider and it was also the centurion that recognized jesus is the son of god Matthew chapter twenty-six verse fifty-four. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, "Truly, this was son of the Son of God." The shepherds may have the Jewish heritage. The Jew, uh, the wise man may have an academic uh, credentials. But how about this centurion? He was a battle-hardened soldier. And probably he had um, executed uh, many bad guys before. And surely he was an outsider for the Jewish people because he was part of the occupying force. But at that moment he recognized that that man he helped to crucify on the cross is really the Son of God. What really removed him? I believe when as a, as a centurion, as a um, as a soldier, he has killed many people. He was a professional killer in a way. But of course he you know that all these people they, have the guilt. they were guilty as charged. But however, when they saw this man who was nailed on a cross, they surely, they couldn't find in him any sin. There are people who think they may never would come to church. That you wonder, I would not even waste my energy on that. But, in the suffering of Jesus, in the death of Jesus, they will see his majesty. More than 10 years ago, as we were about to um, celebrate Christmas, Christmas was drawn near. And it was early in the morning. Joseph and I were still in bed. The phone rang. I got a phone call. And uh, it was my aunt who called me. My aunt was my, my father's sister. And I was really half awake. I would say I would say more like half asleep. And excitingly, a very excited way, and, and she told me that, "Hey, um, your uncle and I will be baptized tomorrow." I said, "Yeah, congratulations." I really couldn't make out what of that, because my uncle actually was a prison officer. Uh, he began his, uh, uh, his profession as the most junior officer in the prison and now at that time he was retired now he was actually, he was like the commander of a prison. <laughs> and uh, when we were young, um, we, we spent often the summer with them because in Hong Kong the prison was in a remote area, so almost like a resort. Yeah. So I told my friends, hey, I spent my, my time, you know, at the prisons. <laughs> but there were time I, I talked with my cousins. I said, you know, you don't want to listen to my, my dad uh, when he uh, talked with uh, uh, the people inside the wall. Because this is not a language you would like to listen you know, to. But I said, what happened? Later, I, I found I asked my uncle, hey, you know what made you really come to Jesus Christ? And he said that, you know, I was in prison for all these years. I said, he said, who would willing to spend the time to, to be with people who are totally hopeless, to the people who are totally rejected by the society, and also, and they see the change in these people and all these years and after they retired they moved to the city then they were looking for church they could know more and eventually they were baptized you know so often think oh you know I'm not going to talk to these people these people you know their heart is so hardened you know just like the 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 bible says like the 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 road that was being passed upon that the the the, the seas we could not penetrate but hey in him, nothing is impossible. And even this battle hardened centurion, who was definitely seen by the Jews as an outsider, as a, as a symbol in the way they hate, has to recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus was crucified, he was buried, praise God, he resurrected. And that's good news for all. Matthew twenty-eight sixteen to 20, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. The son thought, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The story of the wise man was in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. And, this, and, and the Great Commission was at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. In this passage, we see several things. Number one, Jesus met his disciples in Galilee. Isn't it interesting, he did not choose to meet them in Jerusalem. Jerusalem would be the center of religion. That was where the temple would be. It would be the place where the devoted Jewish people would go to worship God. But Jesus intended to invite them to meet them, meet Him in Galilee. I think there are two reasons. First, number one, help them to remember that was the place that God called them, that Jesus called them to follow Him. You know, when you think of, of, um, of the Great Commission, when you think about evangelism, when we think about sharing Christ with other people, we really have to go back to the day that Jesus called us, where we were. Would you remember the moment you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior? That where you were, and, and the, uh, uh, the rapid habit, the struggle in your heart, and, and, and the feeling of love that overflowed you, and, and you experience his presence and Jesus wants him to remember that the days I called you to follow me that you're one of my own you are not an outsider you're really within this closed circle but also Galilee is a place away from the religious center there's a place where the, the Greek people, the people that are outside of the Jewish people, they, where they were populated. You, you, your work is there. And also, as they approach Jesus, they worship Him. Um, I told um, uh, Pastor Joe today, I have several things that, is a, that, that, that are first for me. Number one, that's the first time I wear a pair of jeans in worship. Hey. And, uh, and also, hey, maybe to have a chance to sit on, okay? And uh, it's very beautiful because um, the rabbi, they teach sitting down, okay? You know, to offer a seat to someone you through a, a show of respect. But however, Jesus is not just a rabbi. He's just not a teacher. He's not just a good man. He's not a prophet. He's a resurrected Lord. And he's the king. And these people, they are listening to the king's message. And it's the king's mandate. It's the king's commission. They have to make all people to be Christ's followers. Not just for only for the insiders, for the people who are outside. Jesus was born as the king. He was born as a savior. He was born as the answers for people who are asking questions. But he also was died and also resurrected. So people can become children of the heavenly father. And we receive this command from him. Inviting people who are not already here to people who may live different from us to people who are real kind of far away to people who think that, ah, they would never come to church It's because the good news is really for outsider because we receive this command, this mandate, this great commission Thank God we can worship Him. Thank God we're His children. Thank God that God chose us. Thank God that we are commissioned to tell the good news. Let's pray with you as you're worshiping, as you're preparing to celebrate Easter. Do you bring many outsiders into that place and to come to this saving relationship with Jesus Christ? And let me continue to pray with you as your church continues to support mission and make this good news known not only in Charleston, not only in South Carolina, not only in North America, but also to the end of the world. Because Jesus promised his everlasting presence. with May God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you're in North Charleston this Sunday, please consider visiting us at
1: our 9 o'clock or 1130 services. We'd love to see you. Again, for more information, visit riverbluff.org. Now go change the world.